This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best go three of It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. Yes, you got a more Often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest show on dirt, the world of outlaws. It's time to sit back relax and enjoy because ladies and gentlemen it's showtime to do battle for 30 laps the green flag is waving hello again it's wing nation presented by hercules tires right on our strength we are talking sprint car racing our favorite time of the week so glad that you have joined us and zooming our way through 2020 aaron everdham and steve post aaron how are you i'm doing great how about yourself I'm doing fantastic. Um, did you see any of the sprint car races this weekend? I did. You know, I actually stayed up all the whole, I mean, the whole feature on Saturday, and I was so glad that I did because that race was, it was it was worth every bit of staying up. And then I had so much adrenaline, I couldn't sleep for another hour or two after. I felt like I was in the car. Yeah, I mean, that, that World of Outlaw feature, uh, the end, and, and we'll show them to you here in a second, that World of Outlaw finish, and, and, and just the fact that it, it's Schatz and Larson, and, and really the podium was Brad Sweet. I mean, um, name, name one better than those three. Um, you know, just, just going at it was unreal. Uh, earlier in the lap traffic, when Sweet caught him, I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. You talk about the three biggest names in the sport as far as the winning championships and everything goes. Um, phenomenal race. And it's like, and then so, and so then, you know, Tony Stewart's up there at West Jefferson and he's like, well, watch this. And Austin McCarl and Aaron Reitzel, I mean, yeah. McCarl was just like, no, 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 this one is mine. I mean, that was a phenomenal finish as well. That was a, it was a great race. And to see Austin, I mean, I know he mainly runs Knoxville and has had a lot of success yeah. there, but I, I, that was a big stage and he definitely stepped up to the plate. I mean, that for was sure. really good driving. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk to Austin uh, coming up a little bit later on the program and ask him about uh, th- those questions and, and those topics. I mean, it was just really, really neat. Um, I think part of the fun um, was that uh, Pennsylvania is back in action. The fabulous Lincoln Speedway had Chad Trout, and Chad's had a rough start to the year. Uh, he's just a great, great racer, but uh, he turned his season around in a big way yeah. by picking up the win on Saturday night. And then the Pennsylvania Posse's uh, drivers rolled into Snyder County up at the Sealands Grove at the big old half mile up there, 
And uh, this is this is a great story. We're going to talk to Kyle Reinhardt a little bit later on, too. Uh, him winning this race is phenomenal after driving all night from Missouri back over to do it. I mean, this, 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 this kid's got an amazing story, and that is a big win for him. Yeah, it's a huge win for his confidence. And, and like you said, driving all night to, to be in Sealand's Grove, it's just a great story. It really is. I mean, his story, his, his commitment to 410 sprint car racing in itself is absolutely amazing. Tommy Worley picked up the win at St. Francis County up in Farmington, Missouri. ASCS had some regional races. Um, no real shockers with the first two winners of the regional races. Seth Bergman picked up the win Friday night at Creek County Speedway. You know where that is, Aaron. Sopopa. Sopopa, Oklahoma. Yes, one of my favorite towns to say. I say it all the time. I wanted you to say it to get the to get the joy out of saying it. Did it make? Did it, did did, did, did you get as much you know, joy out of saying it as I do? That in Sheboygan. Yeah, see that? Told you. Sheboygan. Oh my gosh. Oh, we're not there yet. We're getting close though. Uh, to, to Wisconsin opening up, okay? Uh, Blake Hahn picked up the win in Oklahoma on Saturday night. But how about this? Down in Texas, the Lone Star region, uh, Justin Sanders picked up the win. Now, we're used to talking about Justin Sanders picked up a win, but wait a minute. He's a California driver that drove to Texas to beat the ASCS Regional Tour down there. Uh, big, big win for Justin Sanders. One of the great 360 racers out in California. And, uh, well, now one of the great 360 racers in Texas as well. Yeah, it's neat to see. I mean, that's the one positive thing of all this crazy times of some of these drivers are like we see Dietrich out running with the All-Stars and Kyle Reinhardt driving across the country. Like people are making some crazy trips, but it's giving us a chance to see them race against different people. It really is. Some guys really stepping up their game in, in 410 and 360 racing. Now, we've joked around about this the last few weeks. Pete Walton put together his first of seven or eight or 10 or 12 or 16 speed weeks. Um, his was a big weekend, and it started off just like normal, Mark Smith getting the win. But in breaking news, on Saturday night, Mark Smith did not get the win. Um, it was Dale Howard picking up the victory. And on Sunday night, now, this one – uh, this was a heartbreaker for Mark Smith, okay? He he had it covered, was leading. I think there was two or less laps to go. He's coming off from turn number four, and two lap cars right in front of him tangled, and he ended up flipping. So, um, yeah, Derek Hagar got the win. So, uh, in breaking news, uh, Mark Smith is human. We'll go with that as the headline. Of the, uh, the, the One of the headlines of the week is that Mark Smith is human. Uh, from Mississippi and Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it broke his, what, 10 races straight win? Was yeah, it 10? I know. I mean, yeah. he was just, he was just, it was, it was phenomenal. And, and it looked like, and I didn't see, I didn't watch the Riverside race, but it looked like he, um, he finished sixth. So he was obviously running at the end. Uh, then on the Sunday night race, he had it covered. And it, and, and, and it went toes up. Um, we talked about uh, Justin Sanders. Uh, traveling from California to Texas, there was some racing. Maryville Speedway in, Calif- in California had racing, and big shocker here: Andy Forsberg picked up the win. Um, when there's a 360 race in California, that's a pretty good bet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's almost like the Mark Smith. Yeah, I mean, in the move he made, okay, the move he made was not of a 45-year-old veteran race car driver. They have more sense than making moves like he did. 
I mean, he bailed this thing in the outside of turn number, back stretching into turn number three. And it's like, who's that 18 year old kid that doesn't know any better? Uh, except for he has the savvy and the skills of a 45-year-old so that when he got to turn number three, he was able to take the lead. But uh, Forsberg, he just amazes me with his, with his, with his savvy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like anybody that's raced sprint cars for as long as he has, you've taken your tumbles, you've taken your hits, yeah. and none of that seems to cross his mind when he's out there racing, and that's what I just respect about Andy so much and love. Watching that movie pulled in Marysville. Oh my God! I'm like I, I'm I'm sitting there watching the replay, knowing the results two days later, and I clinched up. Ooh man! Now of course I've never done it before, but uh, uh, pretty cool stuff. So great, great racing, and uh, it's just good to have more than one or two races to talk about, Aaron. Yeah, I know there was a lot this weekend. I was having trouble keeping up with all of it. And that that's a good problem. It's a good problem to have, and the all stars the all stars are going to come to our help coming later this week. When they go, they go like nine of 11 nights or something. So we're going to be sprint car racing now. It's still not back to normal. And in some places, I know they're hurting, but uh, we're getting more and more, and that is for sure. And there you have it, our Classic Ink screen printing and embroidery hot topics. www.classicinkusa.com. That's classicinkusa.com. You can find out what drivers like Brian Brown and Danny Dietrich and, and Donnie Schatz, and Sheldon Hodenshield, and, and, and David Stremme, and, and Ashley with Lethal Chassis, you can find out why they use Classic Inc., because Aaron, the services they offer is, is, is second to none. Absolutely. They have full custom driver apparel and crew options, full service embroidery department specializing in headwear and outerwear, an experienced design team, and they have a dedicated sales department. Amazing stuff. www.classicinkusa.com. All right. Now, we have talked about those two finishes, the World of Outlaws and the All-Stars. Okay. We're going to start. We, we do the Dryden uh, Deftifying Move of the Week. And we couldn't defi- decide which was the Dryden Deftifying Move of the Week. So going back, now, now, Craig, our producer, and I are both old radio guys. Okay. And in the radio world, when you play two back-to-back, it was a twin spin, you know, and there were times when we'd have a Tuesday twin spin and everything. So today, we're doing a twin spin, if you will. It is our, it starts in West Jefferson Park, it starts there with, uh, with Blake Anderson with a call on flow with the All-Stars, and then we move south to Lake Ozark Speedway, Johnny Gibson with a call on Dervision. Here they are, our Dryden Diesel Deftifying Moves of the Week. And now for the Drydeen Deftifying Move of the Week, where one driver simply amazes us with their on-track moves. Does McCarl have one last move in his bag of tricks? He'll lead at the white flag. Back left tight. One to go. Reitzel goes to the high side. Reitzel takes the lead back up for turn number two. What's he doing? Does he come down? He takes the line for McCarl. McCarl to the back bumper. Austin McCarl to the inside. Moves him up the racetrack. It's a drag race to the line. Austin McCarl wins. Wow. Back on the throttle. We are back under green flag conditions. Larson on the bottom. Donnie Schatz in the middle of turns one and two. Schatz maybe a bit of a run down the backstretch. Schatz to the inside. Slide jump. Larson crosses back underneath and they're side by side at the white flag. Schatz to the top in three and four. Donnie Schatz leads down the back straightaway. Into turns three and four for the final time. Schatz will hang on to get the 
That death-defying move was brought to you by Drydeen Diesel All Deaf, the official deaf of the world of outlaws and wheelmen everywhere. Visit drydeen.com for more information. Power isn't born, it's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Hey, have you ever heard of the FPS 410 sprint car engine? Have you ever heard that? Well, if you haven't, you will. It's the result of a collaboration between Ford Performance, Tony Stewart Racing, and Durham Racing Engines. Tony Stewart used it in his team, uh, in his team sprint car when the first time in mid-August last year, and weeks later, Tony Stewart Racing scored its first 410 World of Outlaw win with legendary driver Donnie Schatz getting the victory at Lakeside Speedway. So what is the FPS 410's future? The goal is an engine that can challenge for victories in series across the country as part of a Ford Performance customer program. Now that sounds like a winner. And speaking of winners, and speaking of Tony Stewart, Tony runs the Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions, okay? And on Saturday night at Park Jefferson, they had a thriller. You saw the highlight back just a little bit ago and listened to uh, Blake Anderson with the call. And the guy that made that big, bold move into turn number three on the last lap and scored the victory, Austin McCarl, joins us here via Zoom. Hello, Austin. Welcome into Wing Nation. Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dude. Tell me about that last lap. Holy cow! What, uh, what you had a couple of big bold moves actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty I was rotating the bottom pretty well, and that's where I, my car was the best. And there was a bit of moisture down there, and um, Aaron was doing a really good job in traffic, trying to open it up and, and drive around us and find lanes. And uh, uh, he got around me there, I think, off of four. Or I got back underneath him, and I just barely seen the white out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, oh man, it's it's showtime now. So I just tried to. You know, I run my race and, uh, you know, whatever happened, happened. Tra traffic kind of worked my way a little bit there. He kind of – he got a good run on the on the top of one and two and got down and, and kind of blocked me going into three, which was the right the right decision. And uh, I think he just got in there a little too hot and kind of got rolled up off the bottom and just gave me a little bit of an opening. And I just burped the throttle one time and got underneath him and, and <laughs> just raced into, the, raced into the line. That was going to be my question. It looked like – you know, that last lap, Aaron didn't really leave you a lane. You kind of made a lane, but you, yeah. you did it respectfully. I mean, it was, it was a great move, but that was my question. Like, how did you, how did you even know that opening would come about, or how did you make that opening? I uh, just, I don't know, to be honest with you. <clears throat> it all happened so fast, and I knew, I kind of expected when I seen him come around me on the top, I knew that he would, he would get down and try and block and I just tried to make sure that I didn't miss the entry. And if any chance I had, I just couldn't miss the bottom and, and hope he does. And, and there was a lot of traffic right there and guys in traffic were getting really tight. So, um, 
you know, he just kind of barely left the door open and they had tractor tires down there. And I just seen a little bit of an opening and, and just gassed it and got underneath him. And I think we made a little bit of contact with the right rear, but, uh, you know, I just racing hard, racing for the win. What would, uh, what would Aaron have done in that situation? I think he would have done the same thing. So, uh, I'm just happy it was a great race for the fans, and uh, it obviously worked out in my favor. That is awesome. That is really, really cool for sure. Hey, I wanna, I, I wanna. Uh, we, we've established long time ago on this show that the first, the next time I climb into a sprint car will be the first time. Okay, but so many times you guys talk about the 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 air on the nose, the wing, the what what that does to the car. My question is, when Aaron comes down in front of you in the middle of the backstretch. How do you adapt to that? Because you had, and I know you're in traffic, so I know it's kind of messed up a little bit, but how did you adapt or did you have to adapt going into three right on, right off his tail tank? Uh, you just got to be ready for it. I mean, a, a lot of brake pedal, honestly, to get the thing turned. And um, I mean, you just kind of got to know what's happening to make sure you get yourself turned and not get rolled up on the right front. Like I said, in a couple other interviews, um, you know, dirty air, like in the heat race, for example, when you're out in clean air, you can ring around there about as hard as you want to. And the car works. It's like, I mean, Aaron knows it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy how different your car can get. And then you take a little bit of air off the wing. And, and a couple of times, if you watch the highlight video, Tony chops me one time going into one and it takes, takes the air off me and I get rolled up out through the middle. So you just kind of make sure you get yourself turned and, and expect it, know what, what the car is going to do and just try to do your best to avoid it or just get yourself down and try and get yourself down into clean air and just keep enough clean air over the wing to, uh, you know, to hopefully keep the car rotating as nice as you can. Yeah, it's certainly tricky and not it's not not as easy as you're making it sound. <laughs> you know, no, definitely not. Tricky. Uh, Austin, you've had a lot of success at Knoxville, um, but what does it mean to you to go out and win with the All Stars? I mean, that's a that's a big stage. That seems like next level. Oh, absolutely, it is. It was huge for me. It was huge uh, for my little team. It was just me, my brother, and, and Brandon Eikenberry helping out. So. Uh, uh, no, it's huge. You know, to me, the All-Stars are a, a long-time series, a great series, and, you know, something I've watched growing up all the time. I mean, you're right. It's definitely next-tier racing. And, and uh, to beat Aaron, Aaron's, you know, one of the top five guys in the world right now, no doubt about it. And uh, to beat him and, and the way we did was pretty exciting and fun and a fun way to get your first All-Star win. But, yeah, the All-Stars are a great sanctioning uh, body of Tony Stewart. And, you know, Kevin Rudine's done a lot to help the All-Stars. And, it's just a great series and a lot of really tough guys. I mean, there's definitely no slouches in that in that pit area. So uh, to get a win and a win like that was huge. Yeah, that field is impressive. What the, what, what Tony's put together in that thing, and we talked to Blake Anderson last week, and and you know a couple of years ago was is Dale Blaney and some other guys. Now oh, yeah. it, it's you know now it's like eight, ten, twelve, and then you know there's there, there's there's eight or ten core guys, and then guys like you jumping into it as well, which is which is really really neat. How is this? Um, Getting back to racing, how, uh, how 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 has that been for you? I mean, obviously you pick up a win on Saturday night, but it's got to be for a, for a Macaro that all you do is race, okay? This lockdown had to be about the worst thing on the planet. How's it been getting back to racing, and, and, and does there seem like any sense of normalcy for you? Uh, there's, It's been good so far getting back to racing. It's been, you know, my dad promoting that race at Park Jefferson a few weeks ago was definitely uh, – uh, kind of interesting to see how that played out and, and how people reacted or didn't react and, and whatever. I'm glad we did it and glad we got hopefully the ball rolling in that sense. And, uh, you know, it's been, I didn't think Knoxville without fans would be that weird, <clears throat> but you know, in the race car, when you're in the race car, it's, it's the same racing people, but just for Knoxville, for example, that outlaw show was really eerie and weird having no fans and no atmosphere. And, 
it was just it was different for sure and, and definitely like the fans being there <laughs> it's definitely what makes part of race and racing so uh but yeah it's been it's been good getting back slowly kind of back to normal the outlaws promoting races and and toning out with the all-stars and everything kind of slowly opening up it's been yeah, that that first two months you know march april when you're normally in california with the outlaws it's definitely weird everyone's sitting at home and and just wondering what was next every day things were changing and it seemed like things were getting worse one day and then you know two days later things are coming back to normal so it's definitely been weird like it has for everybody and um you know getting back to the racetrack is kind of like normal and you know once you're there it's you're in a routine and, and it's kind of like riding a bike so um you know i'm just happy to be racing and happy to be back racing and, and happy to be back in knoxville this weekend yeah and winning always helps that too <laughs> yes absolutely it does <laughs> Austin, seeing you win an all-star race, it makes me wonder, what, is your, what are your hopes to do in the future? Uh, do you like the, you know, running Knoxville, running a bit of an outlaw schedule? Do you have aspirations to run full-time all-stars, do the outlaw thing? What, what would you personally like to do? I just want to travel. You know, I want to, you know, to be able to do this for a living and to be able to beat, you know, the outlaws, you got to race with the outlaws. So, um, mm -hmm. and I think that's been one of the best things about this quarantine thing or COVID-19 has been for me, Knoxville being shut down, it's forced me to go race with the outlaws and, and go race other races that I want to race. I love Knoxville, don't get me wrong. It's near and dear to my heart and a lot of family history there. But I want to go venture out. I'd love to race with the, out or the Outlaws or the All-Stars full-time and, and just go travel, you know, go see different places, different racetracks in, in different parts of the country. I mean, Knoxville kind of spoils you with lights and, and track prep and, and all this, you know, the things around at the Aura and stuff. And that's not like that a lot of places throughout the country. So, um, uh, yeah, I definitely have big aspirations to try and go all-star racing or outlaw racing or just traveling in general. Um, you know, for me, if, if you had the money, I think a true outlaw schedule would be the best way to go just because you can go hit and miss places. And it seems like the last couple of years with weather and, and stuff like that, that would probably be the best thing to do if, if you had the, you know, the resources. But, um, but yeah, I would, I would love to go travel and love to do it. And uh, if the opportunity ever came up, I would definitely take advantage of it. Listening to you, Austin, it reminds me, I think there's, I think there's two places in the world that put you drivers and, and team owners and people in a predicament and in Knoxville there, because you know, on Saturday night, it's going to be great. And in Pennsylvania, we talk about, we talk about guys that, that, you know, do you ever get off the court porch? Well, why do I need to get off the porch? You know, exactly. well, why do I need to leave Knoxville? I mean, it's pretty stinking good where it is. That's it. You do, you, you Knoxville guys and central Pennsylvania guys have a really unique situation there because it is so good at home. Well, I think Central PA has a bit of an advantage on, on us just because they have three racetracks within three hours. You know, we've just got Knoxville. And, you know, I grew up my whole life on Sunday mornings getting up and driving five hours to Sioux Falls at Houston Speedway, you know. so. But the, the Central PA guys definitely, I mean, that's a nice porch they sit on <laughs> racing. You know, they got three, four, five racetracks all within three and a half, four hours of each other. And everyone's home uh, every night, you know, no hotel rooms. It's way easier on your guys and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean – it is kind of a catch 22. You want to go out and travel, but then again, Knoxville's 40 minutes from my front door and, and pays really well to win. And, and like I just said, they spoil you and you know, you can, it's the great track prep and, and the lights and the facility and everything's obviously the best. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of a catch 22, but I would love to go travel and love to go, go racing with those guys. Austin, you mentioned being exciting about the Knoxville, I guess, season, regular season opener this weekend. Uh, other than that, afterwards, are you going to try to hit any of these all-star races that are kind of out in the Midwest? Probably not too close, but not terribly far. Uh, I definitely like to. Um, I've only got one car and one motor right now, so it's kind of everything's kind of up in the air. We're just playing everything week by week, and especially with everything kind of slowly opening back up, it seems like schedules are coming out and, and things, so. 
I've had a lot of people ask me what my plans are, and I, I truthfully have no idea. I, I'd say Knoxville this weekend, and then after that, it, it seems to change every day. So it's, uh, it's, everything's just kind of up in the air right now. Well, it is interesting times, that's for sure. And I think everything is changing every day, and that continues to be the case. But uh, what doesn't change is you guys wheeling those cars and putting on a show for us fans, and we really absolutely love it. So congratulations again, Austin, on the win. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. Always a pleasure to chat. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's good to win because every time I know I'm probably going to get that text about Wing Nation, it's one of the best <laughs> things about winning. So it's, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Love talking to you. There we go. The Craig Moore text, what everyone is looking for in the world of sprint car racing. Austin McCarl, winner of Saturday night's Ollie's Bargain Outlet All-Scar Circuit of Champions wins up in, uh, in South Dakota. Stay with us. When we come back, another great story, Kyle Reinhardt. He joins us to talk about his win in Pennsylvania. Hey, Ashley, what are you up to? Oh, I just stopped by to grab some sage fruit apples. Now I just have to decide which ones. You can never go wrong with a Honeycrisp. They're light, crisp, and full of perfectly balanced flavor. Oh, hey. You could always go with one of their classics, the Gala or Fuji. They're both sweet and juicy. Grown in the heart of eastern Washington, Sage Fruit Company works hard on the farm and with their retail partners to provide high-quality apples and pears to consumers all year long. Well, I couldn't decide which ones. Thanks for the help, guys. I'll race you to the checkout. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength, having a ball. And a guy that, uh, uh, and, and, and I'll qualify this saying we're recording this show on Monday. So we're doing it midday. And so the most exhausted sprint car driver in America, but maybe one of the happiest ones, Kyle Reinhardt joins us after that win at Sealands Grove on Sunday night. Hello, Kyle. Welcome into Wing Nation. That's, that's quite a title, but I'll, uh, I'll take it for now. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. How 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 did you survive the weekend? We'll talk about the win, and we'll talk a little bit about Missouri. But just doing that—that uh, that's big time sprint car racing there. And I know that's what you wanted to do. Um, what, was there a time during the weekend where you thought well, this this might not have been the best idea? Uh, about six thirty in the morning when we were driving. Still, I was like, man, what are what are we doing here? But um, you know, we we knew we'd be fast at Sealands Grove. We've always been fast there. Um, I've had a lot of luck there. So uh, we knew we wanted to make it back. Well, I wasn't able to, to catch the race, but reading everything afterwards, it sounded like you and Freddie had a, good, a pretty good battle. But in the article that I read, it sounded like each restart, you learned a little bit and, and finally put it all together and was able to get by Freddie. Describe a little bit of that for us. Yeah, um, the start, you know, he started on the pole. I was second. Um, I didn't really get a great initial start. I was hoping to get a better start on him. Uh, but he kind of took took a, the lead and, and got a couple car lengths. Um, and then we only went about three or four laps before the first yellow. And, um, you know, I, he wasn't really driving away from me, so I knew I, I had a shot still. Um, but clean air and sprint car racing is huge. Everybody knows that. So uh, we had a restart there, and I knew I wasn't going to let him get away. Uh, you know, when you have a guy like Freddie, they're, they're so good at all these PA tracks. It's like you can't let him get away. you got to do everything you can. So – um, we had the first restart, and I 
I didn't get as good of a restart as I wanted, but I knew I had to try it. So I kind of threw a slider and it was a little short. Um, but I don't think it was a bad move. You know, I needed him to, to know that I was trying to pass him, um, you know, and try and shake him up a little bit. And we got another restart right after that. And uh, luckily he kind of took the bait and went down a little bit. And I kind of went up top and I was able to get a run down the back stretch and then pass him in three. Good stuff. Wow. Really, really cool stuff. You mentioned you knew you would be good at Sealands Grove. And is it is the, is the comfort level you have there because you have so many laps there with the with the 360 program at URC, you've ran there a lot. Is, 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 is that part of what brings that confidence that you, you, you drove all night long to get to Sealands Grove for? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we have a good notebook for there. Every time we ran the 410 there last year, we were fast. Um, and I think, like you just said, it's a confidence thing. Um, you know, we were out with the outlaws all week for two weekends and, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to have a lot of confidence when you're racing with those guys at places you've never been, you know, you go out there and just get beat up and then, uh, you go on to the next night, but, uh, you know, coming home, we knew, we knew we'd have a good car. Um, and I, I know the place very well. So I, I had a lot of confidence. Kyle, you talked about racing with the outlaws and how it's hard to keep your confidence because they're, they're just so good. And there's so many cars that are so good. But it does seem when drivers do, they go out and run with the Outlaws for a few weekends or race here and there, and then they come back home, you're that much better. Because even though you think your confidence wasn't great when you're racing with them, when you come home, you realize, you know, you were racing at a much, you know, maybe higher level or, or just a competitive level. I would assume that certainly helped coming back after racing with those guys and, and making the feature at Lake Ozark and then coming home to Sealand's Group. Well, sure. I think, um, you know, you, you look at the guys you're racing against, even though we finished 19th on Saturday night. Uh, you just look at the guys they're racing with, and and every one of those guys has a bad night. You know, we there's guys that win outlaw races that were behind us. Even even the nights we didn't qualify, there were guys that win outlaw races that were behind us in the B main. You know, so I think uh, we went out there with just realistic expectations. You know, we knew we weren't going to go out there and just beat those guys. You know, I mean anything can happen, so you got to be ready for that. But realistically, we were going out there to try to make the shows and just take it step by step. Um, I think we did that. You know, we, we finally made the show Saturday night. That picked our confidence up a little bit. Um, and then just coming home, uh, you know, it's just a totally different ball game. We comfortable at the places we're racing at, comfortable with the people we're racing against, and you just know a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I, I think it's got to be the, the fact the volume of races – I mean, it's still a short season we've gotten to, but you getting on the road where, where some of these guys, maybe Sealands Grove was the second or third night out, at, at least since the, the COVID virus. They might have ran early on there. But uh, th- there's, there's got to be an advantage to having four or five nights under your belts to, to, to their one or two nights possibly. Is, is that the case too? Yeah, I agree. I think um, just anytime you can make laps, you're just that much better, you know. Um, and I've been talking about that for like three years because – I've never raced as much as the guys I'm racing against. So we decided to go out there and try and race. And uh, like I said, we knew what we were getting into, but it's about just making laps. Um, so luckily we had a couple people chip in to, to get us out there. You know, the, the Chia Pellies uh, with Golden Flavor Sesame Sticks, um, Boiling Spring Service Center in Mechanicsburg, and Golf Cart Services all kind of chipped in to, to get us out there just because they knew as well as we knew it would make me better, you know, and make our program better. Um, so we go out there and just make laps. And, uh, like you said, I, I had two races on the weekend already before yesterday. So, um, you know, we got out in hot laps and I was fresh and ready to go. So I think it helps a lot. Yeah. You can't put a, a price tag on that seat time. 
Kyle, if everything is go, goes as planned, which who knows what that even means right now, is the plan, do you have any ideas to go back and race with some of that in the Midwest? Are you going to try to stick around if more tracks are opening in PA? What do what you guys, or is it a day-by-day thing? I think it's day-by-day, week-by-week. Um, you know, we just want to race, you know. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to drive 15, 20 hours when you can race an hour from home. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what led us to go to Missouri in the first place. There was no, when we left, there was no racing here, you know, and unfortunately like the day after we left, they're like, Oh, we're going to start racing. <laughs> we're going to start racing at Lincoln. We're like, ah, oh, crap. But, um, you know, we, we committed to the trip. So we just, we just stuck with the plan and, and went with it. But, um, like I said, it's hard to, it's hard to drive, you know, 15, 20 hours when we're on a budget, you know, we don't have a unlimited outlaw budget or whatever. So, um, we try and make the, the best bang for the buck. Um, and at the end of the day, we can win races here at home. So um, eventually down the road, I think when we get to that level, you know, of just our equipment, our, our team, our me, my personally, everybody involved, once we get to that level, we definitely like to go on the road. Um, but time frame, who really knows what, what that's going to be like, you know? So especially now with who knows what races are coming up next week, you know, it's like every week it changes. So. We're just taking it week by week. Yeah. In theory, as we sit here recording this on Monday, you actually have a three-race weekend up in Pennsylvania with BAPS on Thursday night and Sealands Grove on Friday and, and Lincoln on Saturday. So I agree. It's uh, kind of tough, especially with that Sealands Grove in the middle of it. That, that, that'd be tough to drive away from that. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't even know about it until last night after the races. Everyone's like, coming next weekend? I'm like, for what? You know, like <laughs> – and they said, I guess they announced uh, during the night they were going to have a race on Friday. So it's such a fluid situation. Everything's changing literally by the hour. You know, we were racing, um, you know, and I, I knew there was a race at BAPS on Thursday. And then, you know, within an hour it changed and there's another race that popped up. So uh, like we just talked about, everything's changing so quick. So you got to be ready for anything. Crazy. How frustrating is that as a driver, you know, team manage, managing a team, I mean, I used to hate when races got rain delayed or postponed. This is a whole different ball game. This is a lot worse. I mean, that's got to be, like you said, you're on a budget. You're trying to manage everything. How confusing is that? Um, it's definitely confusing, but with us missing like two months already, it's it's kind of a blessing. You know, we just jump in a race whenever we can. So um, it is a little confusing, and it's hard to get guys lined up, you know, because everybody has a job. You know, I don't have a job right now, but so I can do everything during the week, but I can't, you know, do everything by myself at the track. That's impossible. But um, so that's a little confusing to get people lined up, but um, we're going to race anytime we can, as long as our, you know, as long as our equipment holds up and, and the money stays, uh, <laughs> the budget stays okay. So, um, but it's, a, it's, it's good for now, you know, just races popping up is good. Yeah. Yeah. That Capital Renegades team certainly looks, uh, certainly, certainly looks good. I know you're a small team as far as uh, size and shape. I, I actually watched uh, Jeremy Elliott's Sprint Car Unlimited interview with you uh, back, uh, back a week or two ago. Uh, pretty, pretty neat stuff to see your, your little race shop there and, uh, and, and, uh, but, but, but going toe-to-toe with the best in the business for sure. Kyle, I wanna, I, before, before we get out of here, I want to touch on your story because uh, in, 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 in fill in the details, you're living in New Jersey. You've got a decent job, I guess. And you realize you want to be a full-time sprint car racer and love URC, but nobody's going to make a career out of doing that. Describe where you were at and the decision process to where to get to where you're at now. 
Yeah. Um, at the time I was 24, just turning 25 in a couple months. Um, I was living at home with my parents, uh, working towards New York City, which is like an hour and a half north um, from my house, and uh, which my house is way farther than that than any sprint car track. So um, I was racing for uh, the Quackenbushes kind of part-time. Um, things really weren't going that great. You know, we they're four, hour, four and a half hours from me, so I couldn't, like, help them on the car when I had a job, you know, and um, there was just a lot going on and it kind of, it just wasn't working out on, on both ends, you know, that to race a sprint car is a lot of work, you know, and um, the Quackenbushes, they want to do some other things too. So it was kind of, it kind of just came to a head. Um, things weren't really working out and my job was getting a lot more serious. Um, I was working for a, a mechanical engineer by, you know, went to school and got my degree and stuff. And uh, I was working for an aerospace company in, in, um, North Jersey, right by New York City, um, and actually the the space, the you know the launch on on uh, Saturday, we actually worked on some stuff for that that launch like years ago, you know, because everything takes so long. So I actually worked on on valves that were on the the Crew Dragon capsule, so that was pretty cool. Um, but so that was getting more serious. I was traveling a lot for that, and it just kind of came to a head. We were like, do you, you want to race, or am I going to work for the rest of my life? And I don't have a problem working, you know, I've worked since I was in eighth grade, but, um, it was, it was kind of hard to give up that dream of racing, you know? So the Quackenbushes, we all sat down and, and my family and everybody, and we were just like, if you're going to do it, you got to try it, you know? So, uh, it really, it really hit me when my mom was like, go for it. You know, she's not, she's always been like school, this, that and everything. And she was like, go for it. Why not? So, um, I was like, screw it. I'm going to try it. So, uh, you know, I talked to some people out here and we, until I got in that shop that you guys saw, I was renting, you know, shop out of ponchos down the road. We were using their race shop to race our cars out of. Um, so it's been a cluster, but, um, but yeah, one day I just said, all right, I'm going to go for it. And I put my, uh, my notice in at work and, uh, it was like, I gave my two week notice and then, uh, they asked me to stay for three weeks. So I stayed for like three and a half weeks, got whatever I needed to get done. And then the next day I packed my bags and came out here to PA. Oh my gosh. That's phenomenal. That is phenomenal. Mom, I'm telling you, I, I, this, this is your interview, but I was doing all this radio stuff up in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And, and, and I had the, Oh no, I got to go tell mom, I want to move to North Carolina and chase this dream. And I'm like, this is not going to go good. I sat down at the table. I described what I wanted to do. And she said, I've wondered why you haven't done this before. And it's like, well, yeah. you, you know, <laughs> so mom's blessing is a good thing for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Just knowing, uh, you know, I can go, if it doesn't work out, I can go back home. So yep. nothing really to lose, you know? Yeah. Lots to gain though. Like wins like you had Sunday night at Seal Grove. Kyle, uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. It's, uh, it's, it's fun talking to you on zoom after a win and not passing on the bleachers at the Chili Bowl like we always do. We're in the, we, we sit in the same row at the Chili Bowl. So uh, we see we see each other all the time in January and see each other at the racetrack every once in a while. But uh, With a beer in hand, though. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you've got a couple beers in hands climbing over me with a couple beers in hands leaning back. So, um, yeah, we got to make sure you stay hydrated. Hydration is very important in Tulsa, that is for sure. So uh, good stuff. Hey, congratulations again on the win. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I love the Kyle Reinhardt story.
Of course, I feel like an idiot sitting here on this show with engineer Aaron Everham and engineer Kyle Reinhardt, and then it's radio guy over here. But uh, smart people, smart things, smart items, and uh, just like racing components, aggressive hydraulics, they build smart hydraulic cylinders to perform customer-specific applications. And I think that's the, the neat part about it. It is very, very detailed and very engineering-oriented, as Kyle talked about with his NASA launch, and Aaron, you've talked about with your background as well. They design and manufacture uh, mobile-style uh, single-stage cylinders as well as multi-stage telescopic cylinders. And Aaron, no one-size-fits-all. That's the approach at Aggressive Hydraulics. That's right. Hydraulics, they have hydraulic solutions for virtually every industry that uses hydraulic cylinders. They proudly design and manufacture all cylinders in the United States. You can check out their video of their story at aggressivehydraulics.com. And they're a proud sponsor of Ryan Newman at the Chili Bowl and all his short track endeavors. And with that, we'll step away. More Wing Nation in just a moment. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. Whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Team Driving. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. And more and more races coming on board. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier on the program. The ASCS regional tours are up and running. And I uh, can't wait for that national tour to get up and going as well. Um, longtime point leader Harley White continues to be the leader of the national tour. And I uh, can't wait to see uh, when, where, and, and, and how they get going. Uh, as we've talked about over the course of time, everyone's dealing with so many struggles and, and, uh, and multiple states is a big challenge for Emma and everybody there. But you can find out more at ASCSRacing.com. That's www.ASCSRacing.com. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Now, we always talk about the birthday calendar. Coming up later this week is Norman Buddy Jones and Sherman Red Campbell, okay? And today, Aaron, is the birthday of uh, some guy named Steve Kinzer. You ever heard of him? My hero. He's my hero. Your hero, for sure. Yep. Okay, okay so I want to go back. I want to go back to the Kyle Reinhardt story, okay? Kyle, because you were sharing with me during the break, Steve had some similar advice to what Kyle Reinhardt was getting, right? Yeah, yeah. When I first started racing sprint cars, I had the opportunity to – to talk to Steve, which is another story in itself. I was so flustered and overwhelmed that he was even talking to me. But he said, if you ever want to make it as a full-time racer, you can't have a job, a real job. And I was like, all right, well, how do you pay for racing? He was like, well, you need to be hungry enough to dedicate your life and to start winning races and just be totally focused on it. But I, I, that was part of my testimonial when I went back to my mom. Like, hey, look, Steve Kinzer said – Granted, you know, my mom doesn't know much about racing and didn't, I don't even know if she knew Steve Kinzer was, but to me, it was the big deal. And I always remember that bit of advice. Well, it seems to be working for Kyle Reinhardt. That's yeah. for sure. 
Um, and, and I'm sure there's hunger there, but I'll tell you what the story he's leading. Uh, and, then, and we didn't even touch on this, Aaron. Uh, Kyle Reinhardt, he broke his back last year, so was on the sidelines during the offseason with that. So, uh, you know, we talk about uh, – so, so we talk about hungering. But, okay, so, so today is Steve Kinzer's birthday, but today also would have been the birthday of 1994 inductee Don Branson, okay, born in 1920. And he started racing midget cards at the young age of 26. That was a different world and a different time, that's for sure. He started in Macon, Illinois. In the early 1950s, he jumped into the big cars, and he started to have some pretty good success. As a matter of fact, he finished in 1960, I think it was. He finished uh, fourth at Indianapolis. Uh, he was second in the Midwest points behind some guy named A.J. Foyt, second in the Eastern well, – A.J. won the Eastern Point Championship. Some guy by the name of Parnelli Jones won the Midwestern one, and Don was second in points. And in 1964, he won the National Sprint Car title. Uh, he was racing in 1966 and uh, rolling along and had told some of his friends that it was his last season as a driver. And tragically, as so much in our history that is documented over in turn number two at the Sprint Car Hall of Fame, uh, it was his last season because with just a few races remaining in what appeared to be his career at Ascot, he lost his life in a sprint car crash. So uh, while lives were lost in that, in, in that manner, uh, their, their, their story lives on forever at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, turn number two. So that's why the museum is so important and, and, and so much respect for, for, for guys like Steve Kinzer, who's having his birthday today, so happy birthday to the king, but then to, to guys like Don Branson, who, who ultimately gave everything uh, for the sport of sprint car racing, and that's the beauty of that little piece of property over in turn number two at Knoxville. So great stuff, and uh, always always enjoy talking uh, uh, about our Hall of Famers. And, uh, of course, they've got the um, Priority Aviation uh, deal going on, Aaron. Uh, somebody's going to make some money to go to the Knoxville Nationals. They sure are, and they are back this year with a twist. It's not only $20,000 to win, but now there's 10000 for the second and 5000 for the third-place finisher. That's cool. SprintCarHallOfFame.com, that's SprintCarHOF.com, or you can get stuff at their gear store at Sprint Car Stuff. And they've got a Corvette they're giving away. They've got the race car. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff there. So make sure you follow along and support our friends at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And I know fans this weekend are anxious. They're going to get a look with the racing starting in Knoxville. Also going to get a look at that Greg Hodnett display in yes. the Hall of Fame that'll be there all summer long. And with that, that's going to put a wrap on it. One theme, though, came to mind, Aaron, in, in, in listening to Austin and listening to Kyle. And the, the theme that I, that I noticed both of them said was this COVID shutdown was an opportunity to get on the road and do something different. And I find that fascinating that in both cases, yes, it was. And, and it turns out both of them were able to, able to put off big wins this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it, we're hearing it from a lot of people. You know, Mark Smith is living in Mississippi now and Danny Dietrich's running with the All-Stars and it's giving these guys a chance to run with different competitors and see different tracks. And just like, like Kyle talked about, that seat time and that experience is invaluable. 
Yeah, especially when you're in Knoxville like Austin is, where you've got a great Saturday night track, or you're in Pennsylvania where Kyle is. So it's neat stuff, that's for sure. And really good part of, uh, of our Wing Nation program. So we had a ball. We're back on Thursday. We're going to talk Dirt Vision with Brian Dunlap. And coming up on Saturday on our MAV TV show, we're going to put a little sunshine in your Saturday morning because, uh, I don't know, that USAC midget now, World of Outlaw, whatever, wing, non-wing, whatever it is, Tyler Courtney's going to join Ashley and I on our Wing Nation program presented by Stage 2 on Mav TV. So, uh, going to be good stuff. So, for Aaron Evernam, I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tires. Wing Nation has been brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ride on our string. Watch Wing Nation Saturday mornings on Mav TV. You can also find Wing Nation on wingnation.com or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 